Welcome to Quill and Ink, a podcast for book lovers, hosted by Jenna Green and Miranda O. Oh. They will be speaking to authors of many different genres to explore themes around writing and storytelling. Join them for engaging and intellectually stimulating conversation with artists from all corners of the world. Hi, welcome to Quill and Ink, a podcast for book lovers where we talk to authors from around the world. My name's Jenna Green, Green with an E on the end, author of the Imagine series and the dystopian thriller Reborn. Beside me today is Miranda O, our wonderful co-host, here to introduce herself and our guest for today. Hi, Miranda. Hello, hello, hello. So as you all know, my name, Miranda. Uh, I'm from up in Canada and I'm the author of the Chin Up, Tits Out series. Now my series is contemporary fiction, chiclet, drama, love, wrapped up in a dark, twisted sense of humor. What a mouthful. But I mean, so is life, isn't it? It's one big old wild ride. And Chin Up, Tits Out is a friendly self-reminder, you know, like that daily mantra, fake it till you make it, chin up, tits out, stand up tall and proud and just keep moving forward. Now, talking about keeping moving forward, I'm super thrilled to introduce this episode's guest because he has gone through a whole bunch in his life and we are here to talk about all of his career transitions and his debut novel. So I'm very, very thrilled to, to introduce Mr. Jerry Harwood. Now he is from Tennessee and he's had many careers, like I said, over the, over the years. So he's been a firefighter, first responder, camp director, counselor, professor, teacher, really looking forward to talking about that since COVID, you know, and uh, you've written short stories in the past. So this debut novel that we're going to dive deeper in today is called Jam Sessions. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That may be the best introduction I've ever had. <laughs> It was fun. <laughs> That's why we have Miranda do it. She knows how to how to just spice things up. Jerry, I'm so excited because I'm a teacher too. And uh, well, I've recently moved to grade kind of one, two, which has its own challenges. I spent uh, 11 years in middle school and oh, wow. I love, <laughs> yeah, which is equivalent to like 30 years in any other grade, they say. Uh, and <laughs> I just love the tagline for your book. So it's called Jam Sessions, but then it says, sometimes in middle school, the best thing you can do is survive, which I've definitely felt from a teacher point of view. Um, <laughs> so can you just tell us a little bit more about that book, the title, and even the tagline there a little bit? Sure, absolutely. And by the way, kudos to you. I've only been doing it for four years. Um, so um, kudos to you. It is a, it is a challenge. Um, so the, the book title is called Jam Sessions. Uh, and that title comes from, uh, in the book, there's a teacher that interacts with the students and he offers them a sort of a creative writing prompt um, every class called a jam session uh, where there's no wrong answers. They just can't stop writing. And, uh, and so you'll say, you know, you're a basketball, right? Like, tell me what's happening. So uh, something arrives on your door. So a lot like middle school teachers do, they give little writing prompts here and there. Mm -hmm. um, and that teacher is sort of the, he's one of the unlocking keys for the main character uh, who's getting bullied, who's in a new school in the middle of the year. Um, you, you know, so kind of, worst case scenario for a middle school kid um, going through all of that. Um, so that's where the title Jam Sessions comes from. 
Uh, and then the other one, I, I, had a, I had a beta reader actually read it for me, who's a middle school teacher. And she goes, it ought to have the word survive in the title somewhere. So uh, that's, how the, that's how the tagline came to be. I, I just really, really, I love that, but I really agree with it. There's something very unique about middle school. I've taught eh, a little bit of high school and I'm just starting to, you know, start in the elementary, but middle school, there's a reason why we have that. Why we don't just have elementary and then high school. Mm -hmm. We have middle school because their journey is very unique. Mm -hmm. Their hormones are very unique. Um, <laughs> their needs are unique and what they have to go through socially um, educationally, it is, it's just, it is a wild survive. like yeah. the stories that I have from middle school versus teaching other grades would astound you and stagger you. So a book set in a middle school with someone that's going through a few extra trials and tribulations, it's just uh, brilliant. Can't wait to read it. I haven't got it yet, but trust me, I'll be, I'll she be laughing it. and nodding along the whole time being like, yep, yep, yep. It, you're so right like going if I go back I'm not I'm not a teacher but or I'm an adult educator so um but in the corporate world not in a school setting so I don't I don't have that background but the whole middle school experience like think about those years and how much you change like in elementary it's fun it's recess it's lunchables it's getting to know your friends and in high school it's having fun and prepping for the next step of adulthood, right? When you're graduating, you're an adult. So that middle school is this, this transition phase where your body's changing, your mind is changing way more than people, you, they all have control over. And it's this hormonal wild roller coaster ride. I like my, and my middle school teachers were by far the most memorable, like, if I think back on my school days, middle teachers were the top notch. So I'm going to be gonna, a little bit crazy. Probably. That, that word you said, transition, is so key, you know, because in, in elementary school, this is my, if I put my counselor hat on, uh, which was my previous profession, uh, you know, in that elementary school, you really, most of your cues come from adults. Yeah. Um, and so you're getting your identity from those adults. You're getting what to do from those adults. In high school, you've kind of picked your clique. You know, yep. you picked your group, and those friends build that economy for you of who you are. But middle school, it's like you know, it's almost like Halloween. Um, you know, one day you're goth girl, and then the next day you're like, no, I'm going to be a cheerleader. Um, so I actually have a daughter. Week who, every day. Yeah, I have a daughter who's theater out. cheer. Um, track, like, you know, just sort of bounced everywhere. And she found her niche in high school. Yep. Um, but in middle school, you can try, you can try on different hats, mm -hmm. which is cool. But also you can try on different hats. So, um, and some of them stick, unfortunately, or, or don't. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it is a, um, I actually, I used to work with recovering opiate addicts. That was my, um, the clinic I worked in. And I just, uh, I had a thousand patients in our clinic. And over the course of doing interviews with them, uh, when, you know, one of the questions we had to ask was, when do you think you first kind of, you know, took a, took a slant? And it was always middle school. You know, middle yeah. school was that real transition time. So uh, that was part of me wanting to go teach there. So, um, and I love it. I love teaching middle school. It's a blast. Right. It is a blast. I think it's a blast for everybody. Like you, you look back on it and you're like, I mean, 
I got bullied, but I also was an MVP on some sport teams. I got cut mm -hmm. from some sport teams. I was popular, but again, on the other hand, was bullied in some ways. Like right. you're get you're getting it all in in those years, right? So, oh, this is exciting. So let's talk a little bit about your character fill up in yep. jam session. So uh, can you tell our listeners who is Philip and you know what is he what is he like in this story? Yeah, so Philip is 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 that kid, right? He he hasn't figured out who he is just yet. Um, and here all of a sudden he ends up at a his mom moves him. Um, you know, single mother moves him, they move up closer to their grandparents and he's all of a sudden in school. So his his first day in school is like a Valentine's Day party. Um, and he's just sitting on literally a fly on the wall. He comes in in the middle of the day and he's sitting on the wall watching all the different groups of people interact, um, including Chuck, who's the bully. Um, he watches him put like uh, icing on a girl's dress, you know, on the seat and then Frank. Um, so he's just watching all of this and he just has no idea where to go and fit in. Um, and so he's got a little confidence. He's not He's not not confident, but he but he doesn't know where to go. Um, and actually, the you know the, the initial dilemma in the book is the first kid who's nice to him is Chuck. Uh, so he has this kind of glimpse that Chuck's a bully, but Chuck's also the guy that wants to show him where his class is, show him how to open his locker. And so he's got this real you know tension here. Uh, he's he's watching other people interact with Chuck, but this is his best option. So what do you do? Cool. That's, I That's like very that. true to life with characters that no mm -hmm. one's totally a villain and no one's right. totally um, a hero. Like mm -hmm. they have good sides and bad sides and good moments and bad moments. So that actually completely makes sense mm -hmm. that really. this is someone that I want to help you, but I'm also We've got some issues on I'm the side. Give you some tough love that yeah. uh, kind of right. stings a little bit. <laughs> well, That's middle right. school it has a weird pecking order at times, and it's a lot of the social. Uh, so I, I just love what you're saying about this story because it's very accurate. It's very poignant to what that middle school experience is like. Mm -hmm. So you got it bang on from at least my point of view. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So your book's very unique in that it has illustrations, which not every um, middle grade or YA book has. So what inspired those and, and did you design the graphics or was that someone else? Um, well, actually, and I, I'll hold the cover up. You can hold the cover up. There's the, there's the cover. Um, actually, I had a kid in my class, my first two years of teaching, uh, and just a brilliant, I mean, brilliant little kid, but he, he barely, you know, he kind of made C's and B's, but it was because he'd be reading something and he was drawing it in the, in the margins. And I could watch, I could read, read the cartoons until he got everything he was reading. He just didn't want to write about it, you know, so he <laughs> right. would draw it. Uh, and so when I did the book, I had to do a cover. Uh, and so he was in, he's in high school now. And I called him up and uh, I know his family too. So I got, I called his, uh, called his parents and then got access to call him. And I just said, Hey, I'm doing this. Would you be interested in doing a cover with me? Uh, and he said, sure. And uh, so I kind of told him the story and he just sent me a bunch of drawings. And I thought, well, you know, I've got all this stuff. I want to use it. So that was, uh, that was how that decision was made. But uh, Miles is, is the student and he's actually still a high school student. Uh, so I was just thrilled to have him, him do the, do the project with me. 
That's a beautiful story. Right? It's like a lovely that. partnership too. Like to have that as, as an almost adult, to take that book that has his illustrations in it and to take that to a university, to a college, to a em potential employer and go, this is this, this is like the beginning of my, my work. And it's this is published. what I did as a sophomore, so you should yeah, hire me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that is that is an accomplishment and a half, and like you never know. Like kids, especially in middle school, I think as well is is people you learn how you learn, if that makes sense, right? right. Is like you you're you're prompted in elementary by adults in middle school. You kind of have to figure out how you learn a little bit more independently, whether you read and you get it, whether you have to read out loud and get it, whether you doodle and it, and it absorbs. And then you take that into your adulthood. You don't necessarily need to get grades that are A's and B's all the way through to be a successful adult in the adult world is, you can coast through with C's, just coast through and stay motivated and go with what your gut is. If you have something that you're passionate about, do it, do right. it, do it. Oh, that's awesome. So um, tell us a little bit about what you've learned about writing for a middle grade or middle school audience. Like it's a little bit different than talking or writing for an adult audience. Um, let's talk about that learning curve for you as a writer. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was in I was in creative writing in the 1990s, early 90s in high school. Um, and I had a teacher who came up and literally said, why are you not in my creative writing class? And I said, I don't even know who you are. So, uh, <laughs> you know, always good for teachers to make an impact. Uh, but I took his class and I just loved it. And I always thought, well, I'll write someday. I'll write someday. And I got busy. You know, I got six kids and, uh, and jobs and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but a couple of years ago, I, when I took on the teaching job, I had summers off and I thought, well, I've always wanted to write. And this is, if I'm, if I'm ever going to do it, I have summers off, right? So this is, this is my time. Um, and so I didn't know what to do. I was actually at a con, uh, my son, who's now a senior, um, but he gets into building the stormtrooper outfits uh, and the Mandalorian costumes. And he's, uh, uh, I make my boys do something for charity. And so that's his charity as he goes to, hospitals and things like that dressed up with a group of people and um so i'm at a con for him or you know he's over there looking at you know han solo guns or something uh and i'm talking to this guy and he's like yeah we have a little riding group here in chattanooga and i thought oh really you know can i come join you so that was that was my mission i say all that long introduction to say um i actually have no idea how adults do it either so adult fiction uh because i'm new to the whole thing i'm an old guy but i'm new to the process so um, as I got, I decided to write what I knew. Um, and so, you know, um, Philip has some anxiety, um, the bullies, things like that. So I, I knew that from the counseling perspective, I know middle school from teaching it, um, and doing camps, you know, so I, I just felt like that was my genre. That's how I was led to it. Um, as far as how to write for it, I was very fortunate to have some people, uh, around me that have done it before. So I got involved in the Southern Conference of Writers um, that write children's fiction. Uh, and I found some mentors there, but I had to go look. Um, so I, don't, I know I'm rambling instead of answering your question directly, uh, except to say it was a real learning process for me. Uh, you know, I, I got finished with that first draft and I thought, oh, I'm done, uh, only to find out I'm really nowhere close, you know, so, uh, but, so I had someone said, you're done? I said, yes, they said, great, put it somewhere, come back in four months. 
right? And, and don't touch it until then. So, um, and I think that's probably true of all, all fiction. Um, for the middle school market, uh, it was, you know, it was more about the length of the book and about the cover design uh, and things of that nature that I think were probably more built toward that genre. Um, but I really had, I, I really can't separate what I was learning for middle school and what I was just learning. Because right. uh, the whole thing was new to me, so right, maybe right. maybe the third or fourth book I can parse that out a little bit. But is there going to be um, a sequel to this uh, book, or different projects that you're going to start testing the waters with? Well, I've I've kept writing, so um, you know, so I have a yes, thank you. Um, they say that's the key, right? I've written some short stories, but I actually have a young adult dystopian, um, young adult dystopian western um, with a, a trans male lead character, um, and uh, so I'm excited about it. Uh, and I've got it, I just got it back from some beta readers, some that I asked, and some that I too that I, I paid a little bit, but they're getting it back to me. Uh, and so I'm going through the, the content added on it. Uh, so it's, it's probably the closest one out. Uh, I have another one that I'm working through. I have a critique group that meets every Sunday. So there's four of us and we trade off 5,000 words a piece. Uh, and that one is Freckles, the Dark Wizard. Uh, and this is probably the closest thing to, to this book. Uh, but it's, uh, he's a wizard. Uh, it's a wizarding school, which is always fun. Uh, you know, but my bent on it is in this school, um, kids' personalities, uh, who they want to be, they can become. Mm -hmm. uh, but what you think I should be also matters. So I might think I have wings, but you think that's stupid, so I can't have them. And so it's kind of this tug of personalities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, the teachers keep everything in line. Um, but it's a, it's, I think it's a fun thing um, as you think about how middle schoolers, again, have to find themselves. Uh, but instead of being goth or being a cheerleader, what if you could be an ogre or, or you know, be, um, be a knight, right? Like, so, right. Um, so anyway, that one is uh, finished, uh, but, it, but it's finished for me. It's not finished for other people yet, other than my critique group. So it's kind of in that second stage. Um, and so I have one more that I'm actually writing right now uh, that I'm having fun with, but it's, it's probably three-fourths just first draft, so. That's a, that's, that's a long answer, but that's, that's, that's writers for you though. Lots of balls in the air. Right. I love the one about the school and, and what you see yourself as you can become and a very uh, metaphorical where you have to juggle what you mm. think about yourself versus others. And right. you know, you want to just be you, but um, society exists, you know, that's yeah. why I can't wear PJ pants everywhere I go because <laughs> Well, you can in the COVID. You can in the COVID, yes. right? So, and my favorite character in that one is his aunt. Um, and uh, she actually, you know, they, they tell him if you, if you try to be something too much, it might stick that way, right? You might get mm -hmm. stuck. Mm -hmm. So she got stuck as the corpse bride. Um, so that's who she always wanted to be in high school. And then when you, you know, you go through puberty, I don't call right. it that. When you go through wizard puberty, whatever you are is what you are. Uh, and you don't get to change anymore. So, oh my uh, so yeah. Um, Middle schoolers anyway. are just going to love this. I That's just right. guarantee I hope it. So. Hope so. <laughs> and, and I think it's a, I mean, you know, obviously I want you to buy my first book, but I think it's a better book than my first. I'm growing as a writer. I'm developing, I'm learning, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and just having fun with it.
just having a lot of fun doing it. My parents always told me if I held my sulking face or like a sour face or like if you hold it long like that, it's going to stay there. That's right. That's where that came from. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now in my 30s, I'm like smiling all the time and they're like, you're mad. And I'm like, I know. I want to have laugh lines when I get old and wrinkly. Like I don't want to have this mean old crusty face caked on my on, on yeah exactly i want to have the laugh lines i don't want to have the angry sulking lines so now it's like but you know i'm like well it's gonna happen gravity happens so you just gotta take it in there <laughs> yes, um, it does. i i really want to ask this and kind of transition so like of course you you are who you are you transition through life now you have a background in helping people as a firefighter as a first responder like and then now into teaching and counseling and writing so how did you know talk a little bit share a little bit actually about how you've been through so many different careers had so many hats on and and you're still so passionate about helping it. I mean, you take your son in costumes to hospitals and get them into galas. Like, obviously, that need to help people is a deep, deep passion. So how did firefighter, paramedic, or first responder happen to teaching, counseling, and writing? It's a big cool. transition. Now, you're giving me a lot of credit there. You keep adding titles to me. I'm going to be a doctor soon. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm what's called an EMR, emergency medical responder. So, uh, which means I can't put an IV in you or things like that. Certainly not a paramedic, but, but I appreciate the compliment. Um, no, I mean, it all comes from my, my dad. I mean, on Saturday morning, my dad, get it. I mean, again, when I grew up, there was no email or anything. Cartoons were three hours a week. So we'd get up 7am and we'd usually go get breakfast and, then we go do something, uh, you know, mow somebody's yard or fix somebody's house. And so my dad just had that personality of always helping someone. Um, and I think middle school has always been my thing. I mean, at camp, I worked with college kids and I worked with middle schoolers, you know, um, and, and that was always, always where I was. So I love middle school. I love education. Um, I've taught psychology in college for 20 years. Uh, as an adjunct, I teach one class a semester, um, but I've always enjoyed that. And I, my favorite is to do that evening class where it's adults trying to get their degree. I just love that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was part of the counseling piece for me when I, when I left camp ministry, my knees just got too weak. I mean, you talk about being 30. So my daughter is 30. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I just got too old for it and uh, started down a different path. And I think that's what led me there. Uh, but I, I think there was a tug. I just missed hanging out with middle schoolers. So um, I think that was part of that drive back. Uh, my involvement in the fire department, I think I told you, my girls, uh, my girls can do whatever they want. I don't care. Uh, but my boys, <laughs> my boys have to do something. If they wanted a car, they have to do something charitable. Mm-hmm. So my younger one does the, you know, the, the hospital stuff. Uh, but my older one, he's 27 now. He wanted to do fire department, so he couldn't volunteer without me. So I went down with him, signed up, and that's how I got involved. So it's a volunteer fire department, uh, but I'm, I'm the chair of a committee down there and involved and, you know, actively uh, go down and play with the big red trucks. It sounds more noble than it is. It's really just a bunch of Tennessee rednecks and, uh, and heavy equipment, uh, but we do help people. You know, we go on medical calls and motor vehicle accidents and fires and, and I'm in a big wooded area. So mm-hmm. we get four wheeler accidents and we get people lost in the woods and 
Um, so I've just kind of stuck around. He's actually gone off to be a career fireman, wow. um, oh. and uh, which is exciting. But I just kind of stuck around the department and loved it. So, um, but that's where that come from. I wanted I wanted him to have my dad's exp- that experience I had with my dad. Right. right? Oh. My dad made me go out and help people. So I made my boys do that. Right. And uh, and in so doing. I ended up writing because my son went to a con and I ended up in the fire department because that was what my son wanted to do. So yeah, there you That's go. That's awesome. That's awesome. My parents always said they're like having children and, and starting a family gives you an opportunity to look back at your childhood and take the things that you love and it's and instill it in your kids and take the things that you didn't and have a chance to change it. Not necessarily go, hey, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, you didn't do this right. It's you know, different generations, different times, different perspectives, different people. But it's like, I didn't really like the fact that I couldn't talk about my parents with this. So I want to be that open parent that I can talk to, that, that my kids can talk to about all the stuff, maybe TMI sometimes. But like, you know, it gives you an opportunity to be the 2.0 yourself, but in your kids. So it's really awesome that you chose that part of, you know, Saturday mornings, waking up with your folks and going and helping people as something that it's not only bonding with you and your kids, but your kids are learning so much about being helpful citizens in, you know, in a community and how awesome, like what kind of, that's an amazing life lesson. Well, thanks. Old dad. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully. Again, my girls get away with whatever. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's a daddy thing. Like me and my dad, I'm like, daddy, can we go out for a daddy daughter date? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, can we go get steak on a daddy daughter date? He's like, yes. Cause I don't get it at home. <laughs> my daughter's um, four. And if I ask my husband to do something, he'll do it eventually. So I, I just whisper a few things to the, the little one. I'm like, go ask daddy. And then all of a sudden he's doing it. I'm like, right. oh. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that is so funny. All right. So I have time for one last question. And, and you kind of delve into this a little bit. And, we, and we've kind of circled it. But let's see if we can get a little bit more of a, a clear path. And this is just for every other writer or listener that's out there that is thinking about writing. Um, for Jenna and I, and a lot of our other previous guests, it's writing is therapeutic, right? Writing is a way to take the deepest, darkest things that we may not even think about, but that we've experienced and putting it on paper. So what is something that you've learned about yourself when it comes to writing and launching this first book of yours? That's a great question. I really love that question. Thank you. Um, Yeah. And, And I think for me, writing and part of the reason I did it um, is I've, I'm a, I'm a lifelong workaholic. Uh, you know, we all have our little addictions. Some of us have bigger addictions, but, uh, when I did addiction therapy, I realized like I have an addiction, my addictions work. Yeah. Um, I love work. Uh, and so I intentionally took a job with less work. Uh, and then, so then how do I fill it? Um, and writing has been that thing, you know, the fire hall has been that thing for me too, but, uh, writing has been that thing for me. And I, I just find that, um, uh, writing has been, for the first time in my life, I've worked, but I haven't worked to distract myself. I've worked to actually think about myself, you know, because I'm putting myself on the paper. Uh, if that makes any sense at all, totally. um, you know, the fire hall, I'm rolling hose, I'm 
picking people up off the floor. Like I don't have to think about what's going on in here, uh, but in writing you do. And so uh, it's been very interesting, you know, cause you, you think about characters and how they respond differently than you. Um, and then you have to say, well, that's because of, you know, this piece in me. Um, and then of course you have characters who are like, well, that's kind of me on paper. Uh, and then you sort of use some white out and make them look a little better. So, uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't like this characteristic right, about you. Right. I'm just gonna highlight, delete, rewrite. <laughs> Wish I could that's do right. that about myself sometimes. <laughs> Stop snack eating past 10 p.m. Nope, nope. It's the Oreos, man. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for for sharing everything that you've shared with us, Jerry. We really do appreciate your time today. Now let's wrap her up. If you can tell our guests where they can find you and your work, greatly appreciated. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, both of you all. Um, this has been a blast. So uh, I am on. I'm on Indie Books, uh, Barnes and Noble eBooks, uh, The Nook. I guess is Barnes and Noble, uh, I, Apple's iBooks. Um, you can get me at independent bookstores um, as well. Uh, but I'm also on the Amazon uh, as well. Uh, and so you can go on Amazon. The easiest thing is just to Google my name, Jerry Harwood, uh, and then Jam Sessions. Uh, if you just Google Jam Sessions uh, in books, it turns out you have to scroll down past all the canning books. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but I get on Amazon and I watch myself move up as my books get purchased. And so I am surpassing some of... Uh, Aunt, Aunt Matilda's canning recipes. So uh, I feel like that's a victory in the literary Woo, world. Woo, winning. Uh, that's right. That's right. So, but Amazon be the easiest, but uh, if you support local bookstores, they'd be able to get it as well. Nice, nice. Well, thank you. And we'll make sure to have all your links in the podcast description. So a huge thank you again, Jerry Harwood, for your time and your sharing this evening. We're really excited to see what more you have to come out with. So keep us posted. And a huge thanks goes out to my wonderful co-host, Ms. Jenna Green. And thank you to all of our listeners. You can take a peek at our Twitter account and our Instagram account. Just type in Quill and Ink Podcast for Book Lovers. And just a final thank you to our sponsors. So thank you, Creative Edge Publicity and Mickey Mickelson and Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. And of course, all our listeners and all our viewers. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Quill and Ink podcast with your hosts, Jenna Green and Miranda O. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Creative Edge Publicity. Copyright belongs to the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. You can listen to our podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash authors on the air.